afternoon, everyone. Hello and welcome to another VCO eSports studio. And I might be sounding a little bit tired because, as you well know, one of the biggest sim races uh, that we've ever seen of the year and certainly uh, of our lifetime happened last weekend. The 24-hour Le Mans virtual, the second edition. The first edition was quite frankly spellbinding. Could the second edition live up to the first edition's billing? Well, in terms of the names in terms of the celebrities taking part, perhaps it lacked a little bit, but in terms of the competition, in terms of the racing, and also, remarkably, the platform stability, we had a much better race. And it was a complete whitewash for Team Redline. Team Redline winning both categories, and today, therefore, we celebrate that with Jeffrey Rietveld, who was part of the winning LMP team Overall winners of the Le Mans 24 hour virtual. Uh, has it sunk in yet, Jeffrey? Uh, not really, to be honest. Uh, I think it will take a couple more days before uh, yeah, we can actually realize uh, what happened, to be honest. So at least uh, the energy levels are back to normal. So, uh, so that's good. <laughs> oh, that's good for you. But you had four teammates, only had one other person to share with, so I'm a bit tired. Um, Jeffrey, Redline put a huge amount of work into a lot of different cars. You know, there was a real army of Redline machines. How important was that in preparations for getting everything absolutely nailed? Oh, if you look at... Uh... At the teams competing in this competition, you you already know beforehand that you need to put in a lot of work to to beat them and to be very competitive. And so we did. So uh, I think four weeks ago we we started with the preparation, and then uh, as soon as Max was back from from holiday, we uh, yeah we just practice a lot every single day, try to improve the setup, uh, look at strategy options. Yeah, we covered everything and I think uh, the hard work we've put in during those uh, weeks before the race, it uh, yeah, it gave us this result in the end. So uh, very happy. We all know that Max Verstappen is very uh, heavily linked and passionate about Team Redline. Just how much of an influence was he on the lead up to the event and, and how things changed when he got heavily involved after his holidays? uh it he was very involved in the in the setup and that that of course with his uh i mean he's a formula one world champion so naturally um he pushed us forward um made some great setup changes and i think that gave us like uh the edge over the others in the end um so yeah as soon as he was back from holiday he, he started to get up to pace with us and as soon as he was up to pace uh yeah, he felt like the car needed some adjustments here and there. Together with uh, Etsy Kirkhoff, they, they worked a lot on the setup. And in the end, the balance was um, absolutely amazing. It was a joy to drive the car. You must have been very, very happy then that it was your machine taking pole position rather than Max's, missing out by 0 0.002. And the broadcast showed exactly what that meant. Uh, but uh, how happy were you going into Saturday knowing that you had that slight upper hand? I was very happy, of course, because uh, I've never beaten Max before in a qualifying session. And um, <laughs> I, I knew already before that it was going to be very close because we practiced together, of course. So, you, you know, before you go into the qualifying that it's going to be tight, but I didn't know it was going to be uh, only two thousandths of a second between us. So, uh, <laughs> yeah, for me, it was like a bucket list thing. And at least that's completed now. And the next time, uh, yeah, it, 
probably be very close again. And when you looked at that side by side comparison lap between yourself, um, Max, and I think was it Bono in third position, how interested were you to see how you gained and lost versus an F1 world champion? Yeah, I've seen I've seen uh, briefly some footage of it, and it's uh, I will watch it back later in more detail. But it's very interesting to see where I was gaining time and losing time. I know my lap wasn't wasn't perfect, but it was for it, neither of the guys perfect. So you almost never have a perfect qualifying lap, and uh, we all had a completely different line throughout the final chicane, especially, um, and also a little bit different track circumstances as well. I think because. We originally had the plan for me to to wait till the end because the grip build up would be the best, but I saw after my first flyer that there was a massive uh, gap on the track, and I just said to the engineer, "I'm going out now. I'm not going to wait for the final moment where people might be bunching up in the final sector. I just want to do a lap in clean air." And I knew that uh, if I would get it a lap in clean air, the yeah, the chance of getting pole, uh, yeah, will be there, and it happened in the end. So extremely happy with that but you must have been nervous going into the race knowing that you know max and and his star lineup of benike and uh rosenchrist i forget who was it was it colombo was the fourth driver i can't remember um but you must have been nervous knowing that they were alongside you and they were the you know the headline for red line really um I wasn't really nervous, to be fair, because in the end we are a team, right? So of course you want to win with with your own car. Um, but the goal was to get a one-two there, and whether they would grab the win or we would grab the win, for me it wouldn't really matter in the end. It's like a like a team effort. We had two cars on the front row, and that was the most important. And I mean the pro drivers had to start the race anyway, and we knew that Max was by far the quickest pro winning red line. I mean, he's one of the quickest sim racers as well. So we already knew that uh, we would just give space at the start and he could run away. And uh, so he did. So that was a bit of a predetermined thing to uh, allow him to get off and, and pass your car and give him some clean air. Yeah, of course, because uh, we had some troubles at the start as well. Normally, Felipe uh, was the guy going to start, but I believe he couldn't get into the session for some reason. So then Oliver had to jump in and he did a great job of uh, staying out of trouble. And we already knew that Max's pace was that much better. You're not, there's no point in, in blocking him. I mean, it's a team effort. So Oliver made space as soon as he could. So Max could just drive his own pace at the front. And then uh, yeah, we would see where we were going to end up later on. Yeah, and Ollie Roden, part of your team, telling me uh, on Sunday night that he actually had a very limited amount of time to practice. And unlike Max, is not somebody who spends 24-7 on the sim when he's not in the uh, real world of motorsport. So how much did you guys have to work on Ollie to get him up to speed? Yeah, we, we of course helped him uh, quite a bit in the because I think his sim also arrived relatively late. So I think he only had like a week yeah. or maximum one and a half week to uh, to get up to speed. And I mean, it's simple. Uh, whenever he had a question, one of us would like jump on Discord or TeamSpeak or whatever to help him out. Uh, we have engineers, of course, looking at the data and helping Oli out to, for him to extract the, the maximum pace in a very limited uh, yeah practice time window that he had. So I think he did a great job overall, considering he has very little uh, sim racing experience. Once the Mercedes uh, team 
expired themselves and Max threw it off into the wall. Did you guys settle into a rhythm at all? Because it felt as though you were very much in control of the second half of the race. Even if there were people matching your pace, you had that half a minute buffer. Yeah, I think uh, as soon as that happened, I think we realized like, oh dear, we can actually win this event now. And we just kept our head down and we knew that if we wouldn't make any mistakes, we would have like the pace advantage to to pull it off. And at that point, I think there was still like 14 hours to go and there's many things that can happen with GTE traffic, with a server that can crash or your internet can, can crash, anything can happen. So we just decided to, to keep our head down, stick to the plan, don't take unnecessary risk uh, with GTEs on track um, and just rely on our our own pace, our own abilities and, and the strategy we had mapped out from the yeah, from the beginning. So you really didn't feel too much pressure going into the second half of the race? Not really. Um, I mean, we did many stints beforehand as a as a practice, and once you settle into a rhythm, you you just keep going. You know, it's like, uh, um, at least for me, if I speak for myself, it's a little bit like you go into like a robot mode. Like you just know all your brake markers, and you just know what you have to do. You know that you're not going to take risks with the GTEs. And you just settle into a rhythm and you keep on grinding and then you see the hours ticking away. And then once you get closer to the to the zero mark, it's like, oh, we might actually do it. So uh, great feeling. <laughs> <laughs> uh, and for you guys at home, effectively, did it feel special? Did the event feel different to the events that you work on before? Did Was there a sense of occasion? Uh, for sure. Uh, if I speak for myself, it, it was the first time for me that I entered the 24-hour of Le Mans race. So for me, it was special. Uh, but also, if you look at the whole event, like the broadcast, the amount of people involved, the amount of preparation, you know it's a big event with how much time we, we've spent on the setup and practicing. And yeah, then to pull it, pull it off in the end and get the win, both in LMP and also in GTE, it's just... Um, yeah, very great, amazing stuff for for our team, and yeah, the hard work paid off, definitely. An incredible, incredible way to start the year, and and also, of course, not just the overall victory, but also victory in GTE and and representing BMW, having that kind of pressure of a manufacturer on top of your shoulders, just an incredible achievement. And congratulations to everybody at Redline for for the. The hard work, as you say, and, and also the, the way it was approached by the team. Um, I, let's just move away quickly from um, Le Mans Virtual and talk about you as a sim racer, Jeffrey. When did it all start? How did it all start for you? Uh, a long time ago. <laughs> I think I started somewhere in, I believe it was 2009 or 2010, where uh, I think at the time I was around, I think I was around 11 years old or something like that. When um, I just uh, wanted to start racing, uh, I've always been involved with racing stuff, always watched F1 from a young age, and actually wanted to become a real-life uh, racing driver. But, um, I mean, we are just a normal family, and we don't have the budget to, to go into real-life racing. So at a young age, I already just wanted to, to drive on the PC, and I started with the old R-Factor, did some Dutch uh, competitions, and then started to take it a little bit more seriously, I think in 2010, 2011, something like that. Uh, did Formula Sim Racing back then. 
I was born on his teammate actually already in 2011, I think it was. And then I quit for many, many years because I wanted to focus on school and I didn't really enjoy it that much anymore. And then recently, like one and a half years ago, uh, I got bored and I just wanted to get back into sim racing, but not necessarily on like a high competition level, but more for the fun. Because the quality of the equipment that we have nowadays with like the Simu Cube and the Husingfeld pedals and the, the SimLab rig, um, it's so much better than it was 10 years ago. So I just said to my dad, hey, let's let's buy a rig together and just uh, enjoy the driving for a bit. But within a few weeks after I had built the rig, uh, I wanted to start competing again. So then I think I entered a Ferrari uh, competition to become a Ferrari virtual driver. And that's when Etsy saw my name again. Uh, popping up in the leaderboard or something somewhere on a Facebook post. And he was like, hey, I know that guy from 10 years ago. He yeah. hit me up and he asked me if I wanted to be a reserve driver for the V10R League. And, well, I mean, when Redline asked you to do something, I think it's very easy to say yes to that. So I said yes. Uh, we won the championship that year. I was a reserve driver, so I only did a few races. But um, they were happy enough with the speed. And then... Uh, signed with them and since that moment onwards and i did often. some iRacing competitions and yeah r factor competitions and uh, all kinds of platforms must have been incredible to be approached by team redline and to be offered that not long after just dipping your toe back in uh, considering did you have any idea just how big redline was were you still following sim racing even though you weren't doing it yourself was it was it wow that's max verstappen's team effectively <laughs> Yeah, of course, of course. I, I, even though I didn't drive anymore, I still followed it a bit. I mean, you still have like Facebook friends and from back in the day, so you always see something, right, about competitions and stuff that are happening. Um, yeah, I was very honored to be uh, to be asked by Etsy to to join the team, and I knew Max was involved, of course. And uh, I mean, if it's not just Max, if you just look at the names we have within the team, they're all legends uh, in their own regard. I mean, Beneke, what he's doing in iRacing and stuff like that. And Hutu, of course, uh, Bono, so many great drivers within the team. So, yeah, you can learn a lot from them, definitely. It's interesting that you said that you quit for a bit uh, because you got uh, you stopped, stopped enjoying it. Why do you feel as though that uh, happened? Well, it's just uh, there's, of course, a lot of time and effort that you need to put into into this to to make it to the top and at one point i think uh, i'm not sure what my age was but it wasn't going particularly well at school and i was practicing all the time uh, and at one point i was like well i don't enjoy it enough anymore at this point i just want to explore some some other stuff i also did uh, rc racing um, on a very high level a few years ago went to the world championship in los angeles with that as well, I mean, I've been sponsored there as well uh, as a factory driver. And um, wow. so I had other stuff going on as well, right? And that's combining sim racing and RC racing and then also doing school. At some point, you need to, yeah, make a decision about what you were going to do. And at that point, I decided to focus more on the RC racing part, um, which I did for many years. And now I quit the RC racing recently to focus more on the sim racing part so uh yeah 
And how have you found that the life balance between other things and sim racing since you've returned? Is it starting to get a little bit over the top? Presumably, you had many, many hours preparing for Le Mans virtual. Yeah, it's. Uh, I quit my job actually. Uh, I was an uh, accountant uh, for a few years, and I didn't. Uh, I felt like I wanted to chase my dream of doing something within just something with racing right whether it be real life or or in the sim and just do stuff that i like really really enjoy doing so i quit my job in january and from that moment onwards i basically went full focus mode onto onto sim racing in 2021 trying to improve as much as possible uh look at uh, basically last year i just checked out like which platforms suit me the best whether it be R Factor or I Racing, what suits my driving style, what do I need to work on? And the only way I could spend the time uh, or spend enough time on that was by by quitting my job and my study and just go uh, into full racing mode, basically. <laughs> very, very interesting. Um, and do you see the ability to replace the financial? loss of being an accountant with sim racing is it is it genuinely something that you see as a realistic possibility now uh yeah sure i, I see it as a realistic possibility and um time will tell in the end <laughs> it's that simple i mean you got to take risks in life if you want to get somewhere and um, i'm still living with my parents so it, it was easier to take the risk um yeah. so yeah we will see what uh the time will bring. And you've just won Le Mans Virtual and uh, uh, probably the, one of the biggest prize pots in sim racing, uh, thanks to that, with both winning the championship and uh, the race at Le Mans. Um, now, I know that the money goes to the team, but I'm sure there's a little bit of a bonus that goes your way. Yeah, I will get a little bonus, for sure. <laughs> but, uh, they'll, they'll crack open uh, a couple here, of bonus yeah. for you. Yeah, 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 yeah. It will be, uh, it will be a good bonus, I think. But for me, it's not like, um, for me, I also said that to my parents is that, for me, it was the most important to finally get a big title uh, on my name and also on the team's name. And I've always been like second or third, and I'm usually competitive in whatever I do. But there was never like the big title yet, right? So for me, um, if you would give me like five grand or whatever, or the title, I will definitely take the title and someone else can keep the five grand, right? So uh, that's how I look at it. Awesome. Uh, well, congratulations to yourself, the whole team uh, of your car and the whole team at Team Redline for what has been a historic victory for the Le Mans 24-hour virtual for this year. And of course, that surely will continue for next year as well and for many many years and the bar is set high for all of you organizers out there to try and do something uh equal or better than what we saw that last weekend um jeffrey thank you very much for spending some time to chat with us uh it's great to hear your story as well an interesting story as well as obviously interesting success and we wish you all the best in the future yeah thanks for having me thanks for having me as you well know, guys, uh, the VCO Esports Studio will be here every week for you uh, on a Tuesday evening. And of course, VCO has loads of stuff going on over the next couple of weeks, especially the ERWC at the end of January. The big names in sim racing coming together to prove who is the best sim racing team overall across three different platforms. So make sure you tune in with us then and of course with me every week on Tuesday. Until then, though, 
make sure you enjoy your sim racing. Bye-bye for now.